You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, it is the Locked On Wolves podcast. It's your main man, your main squeeze, Colt Molesky, coming here with another podcast. And I was just watching the draft lottery, some funny stuff going down. And here to here to help me break it all down, Blue Hardwood host, Brian, thank you so much for joining the show. You've been on quite a few times. It's been a, a hot minute since you've been on, though. It's been too long, I think. Thank you so much for, for gracing us with your presence on the Locked On Wolves. Absolutely, my friend, and I apologize. The Wolves are not king of the North in reference to the draft. That actually goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. Shocker, am I right? Oh my gosh! So we're going to talk about the the Timberwolves draft pick in a couple seconds here, uh, but I just want to talk about the the lottery in general. First of all, you have New Orleans. They had a six percent chance of winning the lottery, and they take the number one pick. Memphis is number two. New York number three. The Lakers, number four. Cleveland, number five. Phoenix, six. Seventh is Chicago. Eight and ten are the Hawks. Of course, the Hawks get that 10th pick from Dallas because of last year's trade to get Luka. And at ninth, you have Washington. So that's your top 10 Timberwolves right there at 11th to be to just sneak right outside the top 10. But we'll get to them in a second. First of all, Instant reactions. I'm watching as we're doing this. I'm watching on Twitter the little NBA uh, ESPN NBA stream that they have on Twitter, talking and breaking it all down. And they have a, a correspondent in a bar in New York, and this man actually might get mugged coming out of this bar because the looks <laughs> and the sullen faces and the anger of the New York fans is very real. It's very scary. And it's very humorous to me, safe in the Midwest, far away from all of their their hate and anger. But what what are your reactions to this? What I mean, the Pelicans taking number one, Grizzlies at number two. Holy smokes! I was a little perturbed at first, just because there was two crazy jumps, and neither the Mavericks or the Timberwolves were in that sweet sweet spot. The Mavericks actually had the same percentage chance to get a number one pick as the Pelicans did. It just didn't work out, unfortunately. You know, the Wolves kind of stayed around where they were projected at uh, initially. But as we kind of talked before we actually started recording, Cole, I, I find it almost humorous now that the Knicks are in a awkward position because... What the, what the hell do they do at this particular point? Because if you don't draft John ja Morant or, you know, if let's say hypothetically if the Grizzlies take uh, R.J. Barrett, if you don't take John ja Morant, the crowd is literally going to stop. You know, they're going to stop coming. Or James Dolan is just going to ban everybody from complaining. That is really funny. The Lakers uh, getting the fourth overall pick. I guess cool for them. I don't really think LeBron has any desire to play with Jared Culver, to be quite honest. So I'm not sure what the front office to whomever the hell is running the Lakers now like is going to do with that. Atlanta is intriguing, uh, as we kind of talked before we went and recorded. They have an opportunity to do some things if, you know, with the eighth and uh, tenth pick if they want to make a power play for someone like jared culver or deandre hunter there's that opportunity to do so and you know towards the you know where the wolves are at they've got some interesting picks i mean you've got somebody like brandon clark if they wanted to get you know 
look at somebody like that. Kobe White, you know, interesting prospect. I don't think they want anything to do with Bull Bull, but that would be really funny if they did. Uh, you know, Romeo Lanford, that's an interesting guy. And uh, Nazir Little, who was, like, supposed to be, like, this top-tier, like, guy, and he's not even, like, within the top ten. So, interesting how a year plays out, but, I mean, that's still a kid who averaged almost 20 points a game that the Wolves could look at. So, it's very cool for them. Uh, it sucks that Dallas potentially only has one pick thus far, but, I mean, there's moves and shakes, but I'm really happy, and I really look forward to hearing what you think the Minnesota Timberwolves could look at moving forward. Well, and, too, just looking at the top of the draft, it is humorous that, like, the Lakers would really benefited from getting that number one pick, really giving them some a, a piece in the arsenal to get Anthony Davis. I mean, even New York, uh, so much has been about getting Zion, but that could have potentially been a trade piece for them to get a guy like Anthony Davis. Now all the cards are in the Pelicans' corner, and why would you want to trade Davis anyways? I mean, if you're the Pelicans, you should be like, hey, you know what? You said some stupid stuff, but we're willing to look past that to have one of the craziest duos ever in basketball in you and Zion on the same team. So I don't even know if you're the Pelicans. This might have ruined a lot of teams' plans for the summer because there's a real – I honestly think there's a potential here to maybe keep uh, to maybe keep him around, keep Anthony Davis around to play with Zion. That's a, that's a mix I want to see. That's a duo I want to uh, see, a collaboration I would love to witness over the course of a basketball season, even if we just got it for one year. That would be awesome. So a lot of things shaken up by the top of that draft. And I'm sure if you're watching or, or reading stuff or listening to different podcasts, there's going to be a lot of people, in, especially in New Orleans. I would love to shout out the, the Locked on Pelican show right now. Go check them out. I'm sure they have some very interesting takes. Somebody wake them up. They are already probably in a super stupor. Somebody check on their pulses. Make sure they haven't had heart attacks. Make sure they stop drinking at some point and celebrating <laughs> to actually do a podcast to break this all down. Go check out that show. We're going to take a break for some sponsors. Then we're going to talk about the Timberwolves, what this means for them, and get your opinion, Brian, an outsider's look on what they should do. First, let's hear from some sponsors. Colt Molesky, host of the Lockdown Wolves podcast, joined by Brian. He is the host of the Blue Hardwood podcast. And you know what? You should check his podcast out because we're going to do a show right after this breaking down what this draft means for the Mavericks. So if you have any interest in hearing about Dallas Mavericks football, go check out that podcast. It'll be a hoot and a half, a lot of fun. But right now, Timberwolves basketball, they have the 11th pick. Not any real surprises or any real shake and bacon moves made by the Timberwolves in this lottery. Uh, if anything, they don't really have the pieces uh, to, to move around too much. Uh, they don't really have the assets to give up to bump them too high into the draft. And with the cap strap situation that they're in, you don't really want to see them bump down out of the draft to to get anybody or to try and free up cap space. I think that this pick still has value. And I think that if I'm looking at it right now and just projecting out, maybe you could get a guy, even if it's like P.J. Washington, that's not terrible uh, for, for them, kind of a, a flex 
forward kind of guy who can stretch the floor for you. But best case scenario, Darius Garland, the point guard out of Vanderbilt, falls and you're able to grab him. Jarrett Culver, uh, he had a really rough March Madness. There's a potential that he drops a couple of spots and you're able to make a play for him. You could reach a little bit and grab a Kevin Porter from the shooting guard from USC. Grab him. I really like him as well. Those are a few options. All of those, I think, make the Timberwolves better just on a depth chart and give their second unit a little more oomph and a little more punch and a little more a little more versatility. So I think the Timberwolves' best move is to stay put, grab somebody at this pick. What say you, Brian? Should First of all, should the Timberwolves try and move this pick around or should they stick with it? And who should they take if they do stick with it? Well, I'm based on what the draft board looks like right now, I feel like the Minnesota should stay in Pat. Now, if there's a team like, let's say, Boston that wants to move up and they want to offer Minnesota like 20 and 22, I, I think personally I would be in, open to that. Uh, what say you? I, I don't know. That's tough. Just because it really depends. It would really depend. If Boston made that move, they'd have to do it right now. Because if I'm sitting in the war room, and like seven picks have gone off the board, and Darius Garland is still there. Uh, I I am not making that move and not making that risk. Like it would have to be something that happens in the next couple of weeks because if it, right. if they're asking on draft day, if the Boston Celtics are calling me on draft day, and it's like seven picks in, eight picks in, and Darius Garland is still on the board, and I'm looking at I can have PJ Washington or Dar- or Kevin uh, Hunter or. Darius Garland, I, I'm stay, staying put. And even though you'd think a couple picks in the first round would be better than one, I, I don't know if there's anybody in the second half of this this first round that's going to be better than any of those guys, especially I'm really high on Darius Garland. I know that he was injured for most of his Vanderbilt season, but he's a scorer. He's a shooter. He's a guy who's going to make offense for himself and get buckets right away. And I think Kevin Hunter is going to be a nice, he has potential to be a nice little combo guard piece for the Timberwolves. Both those guys I really, really like. And I think that those guys have potential to make a difference for the Timberwolves second unit right away in their first season. Even a guy like PJ Washington, okay, maybe you're not helping out a backcourt that is a little confusing here for the Timberwolves going into this year, but you are adding a stretchy uh, long four for this Timberwolves team. And We've said it time and again. Tons of people know this. Length around towns, athletic length that can play transition both ways is going to be really key, I think, going forward for the Timberwolves building around towns. So all of those guys I can really talk myself into. There's not a ton of guys in that second half of the first round. I mean, maybe KZ uh, Okapala uh, out of Stanford or Nasir Little are a couple of guys that stick out to me in that back half. But I don't know. I, I still don't love them as much as I love the chance of getting like a Kevin Hunter or Darius Garland. Can I ask you a hypothetical? Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> not to just jerk on the emotional change of the Wolves fan base. The Wolves are on the clock. Let's say Atlanta's on the clock right now. Uh, Cam Reddish is still on the board. The, the, uh, the picks go... Cam Reddish is still there at pick number 11. Would Minnesota consider taking Andrew Wiggins number two? Uh, ooh, ouch. First of all, I don't know. You don't even know Cam Reddish like that. I don't know if you should be talking about him like that. That's pretty rude. Uh, 
And I'm saying that about a guy that you just compared uh, him to somebody on my team. So that tells you all <laughs> you need to know about Wiggins. Uh, I, I mean, at this point, is Darius Garland still there? Is that who I'm picking between? Is Reddish and no, Garland? He's gone. He's Garland's gone. gone. All right. Yes. Uh, I think I go with Cam Reddish then. I mean, it's a tough decision either way. But with Garland off the board, uh, that's really the perfect pick. Him or Kobe White, but I don't think Kobe White's dropping that far for sure. But those are the kind of the perfect players for the Timberwolves in this draft. And honestly, I'm willing to I'm willing to risk it. I mean, as far as the comparisons to Wiggins, there is some fairness to it. That said, I'm far more willing to believe that Cam Reddish kind of suffered the same fate as Wendell Carter Jr. did a couple seasons ago as far as mm-hmm. being the, the lost guy in a, a stacked Duke roster. More, I'm more willing to believe that happened than uh, the fact that Cam Reddish actually isn't living up to the hype or actually isn't this good. I mean, this dude has been signed with Clutch Sports for like, what, two years, a year already? I mean, this man has known exactly where he was heading, exactly how good he's been for the last like two years of his life, three years of his life. And so maybe he put in... In cruise control a little bit in college because he knew he wasn't going to get that many shots anyways because he was buried behind R.J. Barrett, who came into college being the number one recruit and is leaving with the number one recruit going to the NBA in Zion Williamson. That's a – I mean, there's only one basketball. There's only so much you can do. And Wendell Carter Jr., we've seen how good he is for the Bulls right now and how good he's projected to be over the next couple of years for the Bulls. And he was on a stacked Duke team too. I think that – Cam Reddish is going to surprise a lot of people because he's going to come out and he's actually going to be really good. And people are going to be like, how do we not see this coming? Because Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett dominated the floor. And they also had a guy in in Jones at point guard who's really good as well. So I think he got lost in the shuffle a little bit, and I would be absolutely delighted to have Reddish on the Timberwolves. And I think that he would be a really good piece for this roster, I, I I'm not concerned about his problems through college. Would you feel like that could cause an interesting like roster problem potentially? Because I don't know how you would play Wiggins and Cam together. I guess you could try it. I just don't know the success rate of like what that lineup would look like. Now, if you're bringing up Reddish off the bench, maybe that could work out a little bit more. But essentially, they're almost like the same size. Reddish is a little bit bigger as far as weight, but they're pretty similar as far as their like uh, size, length, and everything else. I think I'm. I think it would actually work out pretty well, just because uh, if you look at Wiggins, his comfort zone is really driving to the basket and getting to getting to the rim, and he's kind of fallen away from that. He he likes that mid range shot as well, but he's fallen away from some of the areas that really make him a great basketball player. And so over the next couple of years, you really got to try and just get him back into the zone of, of hey, you got to get to the basket more. You've got to get to the rim more. You've got to drive and be that athletic uh, shooting guard that you showed right away when you came out. And, as, and for Reddish, I think you can play him with Wiggins because he's going to add some nice defense. He's going to add some nice length. I mean, that would be fun if you have a point guard out there with Towns, with a Kogi, <laughs> With Reddish, with Wiggins, I think that's a really fun lineup. And you look at Reddish's numbers, he averaged 7.4 three-point attempts 
through college. Now, maybe that wasn't his sweet spot. He, sh- he did shoot 33% from three. Maybe that wasn't his sweet spot. Maybe he was taking more threes than he he would you'd usually see him take because he's playing with guys like Zion who are around the basket so much but he already has shown to me that he is he he can find a spot playing outside a little more than inside I mean he he attempted more threes than twos throughout his college career at Duke so he can find that spot where he's in a little bit of a three and d zone and he can do more than that but he can also be that guy on that team so I think you can definitely play him and Wiggins together because Wiggins has never been built to be a three-point shooter and to shoot a ton from any sort of range even even if we're talking like like uh like 20 22 feet he's not that guy he's not that guy and so I think Cam Reddish could play with both Akogi and and uh, Wiggins out there all together with Towns. And that I think that system ends up working, actually, better than maybe people anticipate. I hope so, my man. I love, I love your optimism, but I, can I say I've got, already got this saved for, like, a pre-tweet in the future. The, the Spider-Man meme where it's, like, Wiggins <laughs> winning and Cameron oh, no. winning. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we're, we're, we're just having, we're having fun. We're having fun here, Cole. We we are. It's a. Fu- it, this is the fun time of year for teams that don't get to play in the postseason. This is some some losers out there. Some absolute nerds get excited about. Oh, what are my playoff matchups going to be? Oh, how how is my point guard going to do against the Warriors? Oh, can can I get to the finals and beat and knock off the Warriors? Oh, can can my team handle all these injuries and still win another finals? That's what dorks talk about. That's what losers talk about. What the real winners of the offseason talk about is lottery percentages and college college scouting tapes and college scouting reports and who's going to translate to the who's going to whose game is going to translate best to the next level and draft trades and all that stuff that's where the real winners talk about not not playoff stats and not playoff numbers that's that's boring scouting players in summer league you forgot the one of the most funnest part of the summer pretty much exactly finding who's going to really make and break that second team on in route to 32 wins that's that's the sweet spot right there that's that's how (laughs) that's how you fall in love with basketball (laughs) yes we have a problem but uh, yeah somebody put it somebody put us out of our misery please for the love of god (laughs) uh all right well that's that's really all i have the timberwolves fans be optimistic is all I'm trying to say. There's some good players. I, I think that it's a mistake to look at this draft and see five guys. I really do. And so be optimistic. Be excited. We're going to be going in-depth on a lot of these players over the next couple of weeks here. So look forward to that. But for right now, hey, you know what? We're in the lottery. We're, we're technically in the lottery, baby. Pick number 11. Let's go out there. Let's let's pray for you know what everyone was praying for Zion today. Going forward, Timberwolves fans, please pray for Garland. Just trust me on this. Pray for Garland, and make sure exactly pray for Garland. And make sure you're going and checking out Brian's podcast. Going and checking him out on Twitter. He's got lots of good content. He he's going to be mocking me all all summer long. I feel like no matter who the Timberwolves pick, and I'm here for it. I'm 100 here for it. Thank you, Brian, so much for joining the show. And thank you, Timberwolves fans, for listening to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.